0: got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. You know, tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth Florida Football Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. That's the day that this is being released as we look towards the Black Friday game of the Florida Gators at the Florida State Seminoles. This episode is going to be a little bit different. Typically, I'd sit here and I'd tell you, here's what the stats are for each team. Here's what the keys to the game are for each team. And I'm still going to do a little bit of that. However, this is a completely different type of game, not just because it's a rivalry game, but also because... It's a game where we're going to be missing many of our top players. If you have not seen the depth chart as of the time you're listening to this, Florida is missing arguably five of its top wide receivers, with the lone exception being Ricky Pearsall, who is questionable. We do have Caleb Douglas, who will be playing, and we do have Dejon Reynolds, who had a phenomenal game in Nashville. So at least we have some guys with some game experience who will be participating in this game in Tallahassee. With that said, I'm also curious about how FSU handles the run. Will they sell out against the run like they like Vandy did against us and force us to beat them with a pass? The problem with the game against Vandy is we could not run the ball against one of the weakest running defenses in the nation in Vandy where Florida State is significantly better against the run statistically. With that said, this is also a rivalry game, so sometimes weird things happen, and I will cover that later on. With that said, let's get to some keys to the game. The first key to the game for the Gators offense, if they hope to pull the upset, is to establish a run. I feel like I say establishing the run every week, but that's because it is what it is. Is critical to this team that we establish the run. And perhaps the biggest person to look at for this is Montrell Johnson. In our five losses, if you take away one long run, he's broken. He's averaged less than three yards per carry in those games outside of that one long run, which we've talked about this during the season, is if he's breaking one long run, great, love it, but if he's got 10, 11 more carries and he's averaging less than three yards per carry, then he's really not being effective. I'd rather see more consistent, more four, five, six-yard plays. If that's four, five, six plays, then one play for four yards, and now he's running 10 more times for two or three yards per carry. We talked about against Vanderbilt. He averaged like under two yards per carry outside of his long run of 15, which, of course, we talked about that being nullified because Eglickin taking out a pile after the play was over and getting a 15 yard penalty. So, key number one, establish a run, especially Montrell Johnson as he goes. So, this offense has gone, and I've looked at the numbers from the five losses, and really, he is the indicator for whether we win or lose the game. I'm not mean to say that he's the reason we lost. Obviously, a lot of it goes into his O-line. And also, when he's on and does really well, those are the games that we tend to win. But looking at our five losses, here are the numbers. In UK, or the Kentucky game, if you take away his longest run of 40 yards, he was six other carries for 22 yards. That's 3.6 yards per carry. That is going to be the best of this list. Granted, again, I would love to see a 40-yard run. However, if we have six more plays where we're not averaging four yards per play, that's almost as if we had six wasted plays. And I would say that for any back, it's not a thing against Johnson. Again, when he's on, we are doing well. So basically, if he's up, we're up. If he's down, we're down. Um just look at numbers this was an indicator that uh stuck out while looking for the game looking at his total carries without even subtracting one against Tennessee he had eight carries for 18 yards that is 2.25 yards per carry against LSU if you take away his long run which was a touchdown very great play He ended up with 12 more carries for 18 yards. That's 1.5 yards per carry. Again, like I said after the LSU game, if you have 12 plays averaging 1.5 yards per play, those look like 12 wasted plays. And again, nothing against Montrell. I need to keep saying this. It's just, here's an indicator of what we've seen. And Montrell also includes, is our line blocking well? Are they picking up their assignments? Are they missing assignments? All of that. For Georgia, Montrell Johnson, his total carries, 11 carries, 24 yards, that's 2.1 yards per carry. And the Vandy game, his total, if I don't even subtract the 15-yard run that was nullified, his total, 11 carries for 32 yards, that's 2.9 yards per carry. Obviously, if we can get him in the four to five-yard range on carries, if he's got 11, 12 carries, we're not having to Where if we don't just say, okay, well, he broke one longer one and then was 1.5 per carry afterwards, like LSU, if we can get him averaging steady 4.5, even without a broken long one, that will help this team a lot more than if he just breaks like an 80 yarder and then has 20 more carries that average one yard per carry. So that was just an interesting stat as I was looking through things since I have tracked a little bit of this throughout the season that I'd say establishing the run particularly with Montrell Johnson is a great bellwether for how our team has produced throughout the season as far as wins and losses. Moving to key number two. Key number two is we need to hit the receivers. Anthony Richardson, especially with receivers out, needs to have his best ball placement day. That is something I thought he would be much better at going into the season. He's not been quite as good as I'd hoped. He's been somewhat poor at times uh, with his ball placement, but with having so few receivers available such that we have walk-ons on the two deep, we do need to hit the receivers when they're there. So definitely a key for us, especially with so much out and FSU probably king in on the run game. And the third key is we need to be creative with this offense. We can't be stubborn and be running the ball out of twelve formation on first and second down every time we're in the red zone. There's a reason why we're near dead last in the red zone. It's because it's somewhat predictable. It's also we don't run as well out of 12 personnel. This week, I know that there may be some concern about it because of our injury situation. and I understand, but there are ways we can get creative or even if we're not creative, Maybe try and force more AR runs like that power run to the right that has been ex- successful for us all year, but we've only really seen a few times, mostly in the Tennessee game and then for a touchdown in the South Carolina game. Let's see some of that. Let's see some creativity, some reverse. It's as if you've ever watched the movie The Water Boy, it's the last game of the season. Can't hold anything back. In a game like this where you have so many injuries, have fun with it. You're probably Expected to lose anyways, so might as well have some fun. Go out with a flash. Do what you can. Just no more running into eight, nine-man boxes just because we want to establish the run. Hated that when we did it with Muschamp. Hated that when we did that with McElwain. Hated when we did that with Mullen. And I'm hating it when we've done it with Napier. And if you've not watched it yet, go watch the Gator Nation football podcast, video breakdown of the plays, you'll see that we did it a lot at Vandy. It is something that we do, and we've got to get creative, got to get out of that, even if it's just for the last game because of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. We've got to find ways to get our playmakers the ball. We've got to find ways to maybe get AR into space outside of rolling them out to the right, which every team, top to bottom, has been able to cover us on throughout the season. Let's try something new. Let's try a rollout to the left. I know that may or may not be AR's strength, but even if that gets them into space because they expect a rollout to the right and now he's able to get an edge and make a play, let's try it. Let's try something new. Let's get creative because at this point, we really don't have much to lose because when we've been losing and allowing 30 plus points in each loss, then... We do need to get creative. We need to find ways to put multiple scores on because our defense has been weak. And that's why when I talk about things like getting creative and also the running game and how Montreal Johnson is the indicator for winning or losing, it's because we have to score so many. It wouldn't matter if we had one big run and we only had to score like 21, 28 to win and make a lot more than if we've got a score. 35, 40 points as we've seen when we've lost these games. Now, looking at the keys for the defense, defense has not been strong for the most part throughout the year. Um, last week, after rewatching it, they weren't quite as bad as I thought. Obviously, though, they did several dumb things that allowed first downs and not just like things on the air, but through penalties. We need to get those cleaned up. And we might have a decent shot at at least slowing down Florida State. Maybe not stopping their offense. It is one of the better offenses in the nation statistically. But if we can slow it down, maybe force a few turnovers, and we force at least one turnover in every game this the season, we may find ourselves with a shot. So first key to the game that I have is get pressure with four. If we can get pressure with four, then that may force Jordan and Travis into some bad throws. And if we can force bad throws, there's a chance we can get those turnovers. We did a good job in the Georgia game of pressuring Stetson Bennett, keeping that contained. We've done it well in a few other times since then, whether it was Spencer Rattler did a few times against A&M and even did a decent job with Mike Wright, not letting him get out of the pocket and get some long runs. We can at least build on that for FSU and get pressure with four, that may cause a little bit of chaos that we need. The second key to the game I have is stop the run. FSU has a really good run game. They're about equal to our run game. I think they're ranked a little bit higher than our run game as far as national ranking and rushing yards per game. However, I don't think they face some of the quality defenses that we've faced such as Georgia being a big one when you don't face those top-end defenses and also Kentucky, then it's going to allow you when you face a lot of the less talented teams, like a lot of the teams in the ACC or Louisiana this year, to really build up your rushing totals. Now, that's not to say they have not faced like a Clemson, which is pretty good, but they also haven't faced... Top defenses like Georgia or even LSU, once LSU started to figure some things out, started to really utilize Harold Perkins a lot more because Harold Perkins, his utilization increased throughout the season as well as the quality of that LSU defense. So I don't think it's quite fair to say FSU in week one or LSU in week one is the equivalent of what they were when we played LSU or even what FSU that we're playing now is as both of those teams have improved throughout the season. But with that said, I think this is a big thing we need to do is stop the run. And even though our passing game has been so-so at times, I think stopping the run would be the first key, especially if we can get pressure with four. Because if we can get pressure with four and stop the run game, that's going to allow us to drop seven back, have some zone, have some man, maybe blitz once in a while. And just do some things that will throw this Florida State offense off. One thing we can't do is let Jordan Travis have all day rushing four, because then if we have to commit to rushing five, six men, then it's not gonna work out well for our defense. The final key to this is for our defense is about the same as the final key that I had for the offense, which is both be creative, but also be aggressive. As I said, Waterboy. It's the last game of the season. Can't hold anything back. And that is true here. If we need to get creative with some zone blitzes, if we need to get creative with some drop eights, or if we need to start getting aggressive where we're holding guys up trying to strip balls, we have stripped a lot more balls and forced a lot more fumbles than we have in the last few years this season alone. So it's been great. Continue to do that. Be aggressive. Get creative do whatever we need to do to try and win this game. This game is massive in that it will get us to 7-5, and not give us a chance at a second straight losing season. And it's big in that it's a win against in-state rivals. It's big for momentum for the program, especially as we're trying to flip Florida State recruits, some of their linemen. And I don't mean just, hey, their linemen, and saying it's a matter of if whoever wins this game is who they're going to commit to. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying, though, is that for the momentum aspect, after we just had our line pushed around by Vandy's defensive line last week, if Florida State pushes around our offensive line, meanwhile, if they dominate at the same time, our defensive line with their offensive line, that's a heck of a sales pitch that Atkins, their offensive line coach, can be giving to the kids stay with us. See, look at our guys. They've improved. They were able to push Florida around. Meanwhile, look at Florida's offensive line. They were getting pushed around by our defense. So who do you want to play for? Me, one offensive line coach who's able to push them around or them who has two offensive line coaches with a first team All-American potential guy and they can't move our line around. They got pushed around by Vandy. What do you want? And I don't say that to be negative, but I do say that this is a big game for that. So if we can get some momentum on both lines of scrimmage, get creative, get that pressure with four guys, stop that running game, that's going to be big, especially with Ventrell Miller out for the first half due to that targeting in the second half against Vanderbilt. To recap, the keys to the game first off on offense is establish the run. As I've talked about now ad nauseum, if we can establish it with Montreal Johnson, when he does well beyond just one run in the game, Florida wins. If he has only one big run or no big runs in the game, Florida loses our five losses. Going back through, his yards per carry are 3.6 if you subtract his big one against Kentucky, 2.25 total against Tennessee, 1.5 on 12 of his 13 carries. Against LSU, 2.1 total against Georgia, 2.9 total yards per carry against Vanderbilt. If we can get him going, if we can block better both on the line and the tight ends, if they can get him going, then that is a game changer for us. And then we need to hit our open receivers. AR needs to be accurate when they're there since we have so few available. He needs to take advantage of the opportunities when they come. And then we need to be creative. Find ways to get our playmakers the ball. Find ways to get, you know, Montrell Johnson in space. Anthony Richardson to run into space. Find ways to get Etienne in space. Dejon Reynolds looks like he's an up-and-coming playmaker. Find ways to get him the ball. Also, see maybe if we can get Xanders or Odom involved. They've done some good things this year. Let's find ways to be creative and move the ball and get some points on the board in Tallahassee. On defense, get pressure with four to stop the run because if you're getting pressure of four and you're stopping the run, that bodes well for our defense. If we can't get pressure, can't stop the run, it's going to be a long night. And then to do so, be creative, be aggressive. If we end up having to take this loss to Florida State, then let's do it in a spectacular fashion and not do it in a boring running against 10, 8, 9-man fronts. Let's have some fun doing it. Let's do everything we can. Last game of the season, can't hold anything back. And we've seen crazy things in this game. 94, we saw Florida blow a big lead in the fourth quarter. 2003, we saw officials. Who clearly were one sided and ended up being part of the reason for instant replay in 2004. I was there. I've talked about this before where Ron Zook in his last game already fired on the night that FSU is really supposed to be uh, excited because they're dedicating the field to Bobby Bowden. We have Ron Zook being carried off the field, and it's a memorable game for the Gators. And that's why if you have the chance, to go to Tallahassee to support the team, do it. You never know what's going to happen. This is college football. Go. And if we lose, we lose. But if we win, which I think we can do, it's going to be hard. It's going to take a lot of things breaking bring our way. But it could happen. Then it's going to be one of the most memorable nights in the last decade, at least, of Gator football in that we've overcome so much to beat Florida State and be a part of that. And again, if we lose we're expecting to lose, but if we win, it's it's awesome. So again, if you got the chance to go out to support team, join me in Tallahassee this weekend. It's been a fun season everyone. I'm still going to do a review. I'm still going to be doing some things during the off season. I've got some things planned. I've talked to a few people. I'm going to talk to a few more people. We're going to see what we can't get out of it. Um But with that said, I do appreciate everyone who's listened from the preseason until now. Anyone who's shared tweets, anyone who's posted us on message boards, on Facebook, has talked to us in person, has gone to games with us. I've actually gone and watched a game or two with listeners. Um, Definitely been a fun time, been a fun season. Always great to be a Florida Gator. Let's hope that this is the last time we are looking at ourselves as underdogs against Florida State during the Billing Napier era. If we somehow lose to all of our rivals, let this be the last time that we are ever 500 or under against our rivals. It's this first season. As I've said, let's be patient. Let's give it till season two before we start making judgments doesn't mean we can't call things out when we see it, like running against eight, nine-man boxes, like losing to Vanderbilt. But it does mean sometimes let's take those hits and then see what comes after them. Maybe we see a big spike like we see from all quality coaches in year two, or we see coaching turnover that we see in like the Dabo situation, or we don't, and we'll be able to tell that at the end of next year. But with that said... For this year, it's not always been the best results, but it has been a fun year, at least talking with many of y'all, interacting on Twitter, message boards in person. It's been a good time. Thank you everyone for it. I do appreciate all of that. And with that, there's only one thing left to say, and that's thank you all for listening. And as always, go gators.